Hello and welcome back to the mentors. Alexa, God. Alexa, stop, stop it. it. Just stop. Just okay, let's stop let's try that again. Let's let's take that from the top. Our show. Hello and welcome back to the mentors. This is Vadim and Alexa. Just kidding. It's Sergey. <laughs> That was hilarious, Sergey. That was good. You've been working on your stand-up comedy routine? I've been working on the routine. We'll uh, work on it some more. It fell flat on this end of the same... Okay, so let's try that again. Take three. Hello, and welcome back to The Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey. And this is a show where we uncover the truth behind how startups get off the ground and get past the critical early days of their business. And today, we're doing volume two, part two of a series that we started a couple months back. Actually, it was this past summer. Holy Christmas. Oh. I remember because I was recording the show remotely from a small village outside of Florence, Firenze, Italy. Are we going to hear about this Italy trip video for the next 30 years? Yes. Well, you will. Yeah. And maybe our audience will as well if we continue doing the show for 30 more years. But that series is called Three Questions Entrepreneurs Are Afraid to Ask. If you didn't listen to the first part of the series, we asked these three questions. One, how do I know if I'm building the right thing? Two, what can I do if my co-founder is not pulling their weight? Happens more often than we might think. And three, when is it okay to pay myself? We went in-depth in each of those questions. But of course, there are way more than three questions that entrepreneurs are afraid to ask especially when they're starting off and you know you don't know what's right and what's wrong to do in a startup and so there's three more that we wanted to bring to you today and sometimes it's not that even you're that afraid to ask them it's it's certain questions that you just have no one to go to about you can't ask a co-founder you can't ask an investor so here are three questions that we're going to answer for you they are this how do we decide who's the ceo Happens oftentimes in uh, early co-founder relationships when you're kind of still figuring out the composition of the team. What if I feel like I want to give up? Happens almost on a daily basis. Good question to <laughs> ask. That's true. And last but not least, how honest should I be with my team? And that's actually a very nuanced question, which is why we decided to bring it up today. And that's going to be the last question that we'll answer out of the three. These questions are oftentimes ones that we're somewhat afraid to ask, not because you know we're shy or whatever, but because you have to kind of put on a front when you're a founder, you're the strong personality that knows how to get things done, you have answers for everything, and so you're not supposed to look like someone that doesn't have answers for everything. But there are so many things that there's uncertainty around, and we want to make you feel like you should be able to come to people for this. And if you don't have anybody you can come to for this, here we are. We're the mentors. We're here to help you. Love you. Kiss me. Just kidding. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So let's jump right into it. How do we decide who's the CEO? Sometimes it's very clear. Somebody comes up with an idea. Somebody does most of the work. Somebody has all of the relationships with the customers, the potential employees or a talent that you're going to bring on, the prospective investors, the lawyers, everybody, right? They're literally doing most of the work that it takes to get the business off the ground. Clearly, they should be the CEO and or their partner is someone that's very technical, let's say, or someone that is purely focused on marketing and they don't want to wear all the other hats that a CEO has to wear, right? They just want to do the one primary discipline they're there to do. Now, of course, remember, if you're in an early stage startup, you're going to wear many hats. So if you're a CTO and you're excited about joining an early stage company and you think I'm mainly going to code, forget it. You're also going to be the chief product officer. And sometimes that means picking up the phone and calling a customer when they're upset when nobody else can answer that question. But it's not always that black and white. 
especially if, let's say, you have two or three co-founders who are all you know business types or maybe they're all technical co-founders and so there's no clear person that should be the CEO that's going out and doing some of the activities that Vadim said related to hiring and fundraising and selling and all of that stuff and it's not always immediately clear especially if you all started the company at the same time so how do you figure it out as a team and who really should be CEO so first of all you need to have that conversation with your co-founders especially if you think that there's some kind of tension if there's a little bit of a power struggle if more than one person wants to be at the helm you need to have that open dialogue but part of that dialogue should also cover the actual responsibilities of the chief executive officer which are many some people think that it's a very sexy thing to do, that you get to be the front of the company, that you get to travel, let's say, all over the country, you get to go to all the meetings. But you also have to remind the team that the burden of the company ultimately lies on the CEO, that literally the job of the CEO is to be the chief of everything. The buck stops at them. And some people don't quite get that until you actually get into the deep work of the company. When you do have that important conversation and we recommend that you don't put it off until later, maybe it takes a little bit of time to figure out what are the different skills and core competencies of the people on the team and let's see how we work together and and then, you know, defer that decision to for a little bit later, but try not to put it off to too late. That's when sort of frustrations can fester, people have different expectations and then before you know it, you have that conversation. It's been 6 months or a year you've been working on this project and you might be surprised that the other person expected that they were going to be the CEO and the whole team might fall apart. Better to have the conversation early, and if the team does have to separate or split because of mismatch expectations, at least it happens early before you sink too much time and resources into it. Okay, but let's say that the idea was developed by multiple people. Maybe somebody had the initial idea, but somebody else really helped bring it to the next level. And you do have two people, or more, but hopefully it's no more than two people, that understand the responsibilities that come with being a CEO and both want to be at the top. What are our options? How do we know who to choose? Hopefully you're self-aware enough and maybe you have a third person in the team or advisors that can you know be aware on your behalf where you can be honest with yourself and who on the team is best at setting and keeping to the vision, at keeping the team motivated and everybody is sticking to their goals, at being the face of the company and going out there and generating demand, generating investment, you know, making sure that they shoulder the burden of make, keeping the company alive. Who has a natural talent and disposition for that and who is more likely to be able to to take the company to the next critical milestone that you have to reach for it to be a sustaining business. One thing that Sergey and I learned early on in our entrepreneurial career is that 100% of zero is zero. And while ownership is really important in a company, sometimes you have to be selfless. If you are not the best person to grow the business, if you are not the one that has the connections, for example, if you are not the one, like Sergey said, that can effectively set the vision, that can effectively inspire the team, right? If there's somebody else on your team that's just better at that, sometimes you have to bite your lip, step on your toe, and be okay with giving up that leadership position. But again, if you are not sure, this is where it might help to have an external, credible third party come in, a trusted advisor, a potential investor, or an existing investor who can help you make that decision and help you have that conversation with your co-founder, let's say, if you are the one that thinks you're most qualified to be the CEO, and actually helps them feel better about that decision. So ultimately, you should try to put your ego aside and with the team, think about what's best 
for the well-being of the business and the company because you might have an idea of what's going to come of it. But remember, most likely things will get hard and you will need to make sure that you have the right person leading the company to get it past those difficult moments. Yeah, and by the way, sometimes it happens where as a team, you decide one person is a CEO and then six months later, that person decides they don't really want the job and so you change. And I've seen that happen at companies before. Or the company will grow and then another co-founder becomes a CEO. This is the exact thing that happened at Twitter, for example. First, you had Jack Dorsey, who is the CEO now. Then you had Evan Williams, who was a CEO for some time. Then they hired an outside CEO and then Jack Dorsey again was at the top of the company. So these things can change over time as well, depending on where the company is at that particular time. The final option that happens in some companies is there is such a thing as co-CEOs. This is pretty rare. Uh, Most investors will recommend against it because you don't want to have a situation in a company where the structure can cause a stalemate uh, when there's difficult decisions to be made. However, it is possible. And if you have a special situation where there are two qualified co-founders that are both really equally sharing the burden of leading the company to successful outcome and they both trust each other in a really unique way, then sometimes that's possible. But again, that's very rare. Okay, the next question is, what if I feel like I want to give up? I was kind of joking when I said that it happens every day, but entrepreneurship is such a roller coaster that there are plenty of days, plenty of weeks and months that you do feel like you want to give up or you at least doubt yourself and you wonder, should I give up? Am I spending my time in the right way? So we want to give you at least some way of thinking about it if and when inevitably you do get that feeling that maybe I shouldn't really be working on this anymore. So the first question is this. I mean, what is the root cause of that feeling? Are you really just hitting the wall and not getting any progress in your business? Has it been a long time since you experienced any wins and you've just been literally hitting your head against the wall for a long time, not moving the business forward? Why do you feel like you want to give up? Is it an issue with a co-founder that just has not been surfaced? Right, You feel like the co-founder is not doing their work or maybe you feel like you have imposter syndrome and you shouldn't be the leader of the company. What is the root cause of that feeling? Sometimes it could be that you didn't really know what you were getting into. Now that you're running this business, you realized that you don't really like running this type of business. Maybe you don't care about the problem you were looking to solve anymore. Maybe you don't really care about the customers you're serving. All valid reasons to want to give up. So there's a difference between some of these root causes that we're talking about. Some of them are structural and maybe good reasons to give up. And some of them are actually worry or stress or lack of confidence disguised as reasons to give up. If the root cause of the issue is that things are just not working, stop for a minute. Maybe it's not time to give up yet. Have you tried everything that you could to see if you might be successful? Have you tried to Talk to more customers to see if you can change the functionality of the product to make sure that people are using it more. Have you tried to talk to a completely different set of customers that you weren't targeting before that might find more value in the product than the current people that you're serving? Have you tried a new customer acquisition strategy that you haven't thought of before that might actually be a more interesting way for you to run the business? Like, like let's say, giving public talks or putting on events that you love doing but you haven't been able to do for a year because you've been focusing on SEO and paid marketing. Yeah, and so what Vadim is really talking about here is have you run enough experiments on either the sales or customer acquisition side or the product side and have you iterated enough on the product 
or service that you're offering to truly know whether it works or not. If you can tell yourself honestly that you've tried everything you can, you've been working on it long enough, you've tried hundreds of different ideas or whatever the number is, then maybe this particular business just doesn't work and you should move on. Now, let's say you aren't really excited about the problem anymore, or maybe you're not a big fan of the customers that you're serving. One of those things that Sergey brought up earlier, should you give up? Before you give up, we urge you to maybe try to think about your business in a different way. Think about the value that you're providing for your customers. Is that interesting to you? Does that motivate you? Think about the team that you've put together, the team that you're leading, the people that you're able to provide with a job that you're able to excite to come to work every day. Is that something that's important to you that is worth keeping the business going? I remember reading a while ago that Mark Cuban used to talk about how passion to him was BS. In other words, he didn't really believe it when people talked about like you have to find your passion for him. He learned his passion as he dove deeper and deeper into his business ventures. He became passionate about them when he started working on them and they started working. So maybe you just have to give it a little bit more time and the passion and the feeling of excitement will come back to you if you just try a little bit longer and a little bit harder. But sometimes when things aren't working, when you feel burned out, And quite frankly, if you really have to, right, you run out of money and you have to get a job, it means you have to quit, right? Holding on to something that's not working and getting yourself deeper into debt is probably not the right move. Getting yourself burnt out, going into depression, alienating your family, all these things should be considered and should be front and center in your decision making about whether or not you should move the business forward. And quite frankly, a lot of people get too attached to their ideas, ideas that don't work, and then they spend a year or two years working on something that they should have either pivoted on or should have, quite frankly, given up on to open up their time and free up themselves to work on something else, a new idea or to take on a new opportunity. It's almost like if you are in a bad relationship. You know, there might be good things about it. There might be exciting things about it. But when you think about ending the relationship, And if you ultimately do, you feel that sense of relief, the deep sense of relief that you did the right thing. Some businesses are just maybe not a fit for you or maybe it's not the right time for you. And you have to remember that just because you might be deciding to end a certain chapter of working on a project or a business doesn't mean it's permanent. You can always come back to solving that problem in a different way or trying to solve a different problem altogether once you save up enough money or once you get a little bit more experience or just feel more secure in your ability to build a business again. So be honest with yourself and don't feel like you have to continue doing something just because you know people expect you to be successful in this business. It's really up to you. But remember, entrepreneurship is hard and you will have this feeling a lot. And that's why it is helpful to have co-founders that pull you out of that negativity. That's why it's helpful to have mentors and advisors that you can turn to, especially people that you really trust, so that you can at least get reinvigorated again to keep on moving forward. Okay, question number three. How honest should I be with my team? Now, for the purposes of this question, we're going to actually change a little bit. How honest should I be with my employees? Because with your co-founders, the rule of thumb is you should be as honest as absolutely possible. They have ownership in the business. If you're hiding things from them, it will bubble up. But okay, for this question, we're talking about employees. How honest should I be with them? Now, this is, again, just our opinion, much like what we're sharing in this whole episode, but this is based on businesses that we've worked on and many of the teams that we've advised throughout the last several years. And for me and Vadim, our rule of thumb is that you should 
generally have a bias toward honesty with your employees and try to be transparent because without trust and a small team, you will never get anything done. But there is a but. There is always a but. What's the but, Vadim? Well, the but is this. In the end of the day, you, again, are the CEO. You are the owner of the company. And that means that there is a different burden put on you than the employees. As the owner, you have to shoulder that burden. You have to be okay with shouldering the burden of the day-to-day ups and downs of running a company. It's only fair because you have the ownership, you have the potential upside, and therefore you have to deal with the burden. The employees should not have to feel every burden that you feel. You can turn to them for help if they can help you resolve an issue. You can rely on them and delegate things to make sure that they're helping you get through the difficult moments of running the company. But you shouldn't go to them every time you have a negative feeling or a negative thought or you're feeling down. Perfect example of what we just talked about. Maybe you feel like giving up or you've had fleeting moments where you feel like you want to give up. Should you tell your employees every time you feel like giving up? No, of course not. If you feel like giving up, then they all will. Unless you want to shut down the company, don't say every time you have that feeling. But if you made the decision that you will give up at some point and there has to be a transition plan in place, such as a new leader put in, that's a good example of a time where you might want to be honest with your team so that there can be a plan of action put in place. What Vadim just said, if you have certain doubts about the business or the direction or something that you feel like you should be honest about and you feel like the team can directly help you come to a resolution, then maybe you should be honest about that thing today. But If there's something that you're stressed about that might be a problem in the future, or, you know, maybe we might lose this customer and it's a big customer. And if we lose this customer, we might lose that investor and then we might be screwed. Sure, that's a risk that those are real risks that you're thinking about, but you're already projecting three wrong things that can happen. That's probably not something you should be voicing to your team. You should be using your team to help you come to a successful resolution in this case. Remember, when you are recruiting talent, That talent agrees to work with you for a reason. They're excited about the vision. They're excited about joining you as the leader. They're excited about the peers they're going to get to work with. You have to continue to be that strong leader, to inspire them, to motivate them, to make sure that everybody is working towards a common goal and that everybody is doing the best work they possibly could. If you're constantly coming to them with different ideas or different directions you want to take the business into, if you're constantly coming to them with every problem that enters your head or every complaint that you get from, let's say, an investor or a co-founder, they're quickly going to lose trust and they might go somewhere else. So look, with all of these three questions, ultimately remember, this is your company. You can run it in a way that makes sense for you. This is part of the beauty of entrepreneurship. You are building the business. You are the owner. Every single decision is in your hands. Really, nobody can influence it. Of course, yeah, if you raise a Series A round and you give up 50% of your company, well, then maybe somebody else can influence those decisions and somebody could even fire you. But as long as that's not the case, most of that power and most of these decisions stick with you. And so we're giving you some suggestions for how we might run things. We're giving you some suggestions based on what we've seen transpire in all the different companies we've advised or talked to or seen or observed or read about. But at the end of the day, the decision is up to you. And hopefully you can take this advice like you would from any mentor or advisor, synthesize it, but then make the decision in a way that is informed by you and you alone. 
if you're sitting there and you're listening to this episode and you have maybe one or two or however many questions that you are afraid to ask someone or you just don't have anyone to go to with specific questions about your business or about what you should do, please send us an email, info at thementors.co, and we'd love to answer, reply to you directly if you're comfortable. We will share that question or a couple questions in a future episode so other people can benefit from it as well. And we do ask this in almost every episode, but honestly... If you can share it with just one friend today, it is really helpful in helping grow awareness about this show. And I think your friend might appreciate it too, especially if you found value in this and you think they might too. So go into your podcast listening app, click on share, email it, WhatsApp it, send it to a friend. It really will mean a lot for us and we do appreciate that you're doing that for us as well. Thank you so much for taking the time today and listening to this episode and we will see you at the end of the week.